wow. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how I am not over this panel. It's not one knee, it's both knees. Yeah. The most powerful hitman in the business, the person that everyone fears. This fucking man just got on his knees for this woman. Like, it's not, I am not okay. Okay. Thank you, Lily. Here are my tears. We are a goddamn mess right now, Lily. Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 122 of Midday Poppyland. We are here with Eileen and Emily. Hi. <laughs> and we have a very exciting episode once again. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah, it has everything in it. It has drama and action and humor and tenderness and a job scare. <laughs> yeah, we had a kind of like a very big scare at the last one. So okay, I didn't. So we're gonna have to talk about the end because I had a different reaction to that last panel. But okay. I think I'm way off. I think we just need some ambience to tell us what's actually going on. But I was, I don't know. I had a, I had a weird reaction to the last panel. So we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, and I believe that Emily, you are starting us off. Okay, yeah. So yes. we begin with what I'm assuming is the helicopter sound that like verver in the background. Um, and we see some sheets kind of just hanging there and a hand reaching for a phone, a very unhappy, very tired hand who shows <laughs> that it is 5.05 in the morning, which for some of us is normal for, I think, a vast majority that is an ungodly hour. That's right. a travesty. What, what end are you coming from? Are you waking up at five or are you going to bed at five? Oh, what a good, see, I am such a, I'm not a night owl. So for me, I didn't even consider going to bed at five in the morning. That sounds like the worst to me. And yet I might be in the majority. <laughs> I I am a bit of a night owl. I mean, going, going to sleep at five, it would be like easy breezy, lemon squeezy <laughs> for me. So I I can understand the the two sides because I, I can see that waking up at five is, you know, a travesty. But at the same time, I have no problem going to sleep at five. So it's a depends on the person, I guess. Well, obviously, Quincy is not <laughs> He's not. He probably just went, well, actually, no, he, he was probably exhausted after the exertions of the week. But like normally, I'm sure five o'clock in the morning is probably a bedtime for him. And poor little boy is not happy with his more than five o'clock shadow going on here i'm not sure what what's going on but i I don't hate it i don't know me neither i thought i was gonna hate it but i'm not so i'm curious mindy because you're a quincy fan so okay so i happen to love men with facial hair i think i I have seen pictures of your husband so i can i can see well (laughs) um it's not even my choice like my husband uh you know whatever i would i would not be the type of person to demand facial hair if you didn't want it like I think it's a choice that a person should make but that being said I I do highly prefer it <laughs> I think almost every man looks better with it but um I agree I, I like agree. a good I like a good scruff mm. I think me too I think, unfortunately my husband it's 
no I've got a baby face yeah my (laughs) husband has baby face so I'm gonna have to keep you know my my bearded men the, yeah, the fan, my fantasy man the bearded man <laughs> yeah you all happens to have like um not such a great jawline and like i've saw i've seen pictures of him before when he shaved and i was like mm, i'm glad you have the beard <laughs> keep keep the little scruffy where we're gonna stay we're gonna stay fuzzy but quincy yeah, like a little man to me right now you know like those those <laughs> That, that oh, like yes, I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, it I looks like a train wreck. You can see with a beard. This is a little bit like I don't think it's the best version of a beard that there could be on him. But but I'm down for future beards and you know this facial is, hair. This is like um Homer Simpson beard. This is <laughs> just like he's just got a little bit of, a little bit of scruff going on. Uh, and I love how his first reaction is who's using their bob at this this is their bob there uh <laughs> i didn't know what that was <laughs> no aileen would you like to aileen i would say aileen aileen would actually you like- <laughs> no i don't know remember that there, there's a language barrier here oh, so i is- i don't i don't i'm i'm i guess that it had something to do like maybe like a private plane so, or something uh, no. Ar- along those lines no it's a vibrator <laughs> oh shit so, so, like, ring over boyfriend or something like that it's yeah battery operated boyfriend i had a look of I course the exact yeah i okay that makes sense of course yes method, quincy yeah. would say something like that of course yeah. so who is using their battery operated boyfriend <laughs> at 505 in the morning and considering he woke up torah or whatever that like when he went home with the nightclub yeah. uh pumpkin whatever his nickname was like he was waking up torah with his shenanigans so look who's talking <laughs> yeah it's like a, you know everybody can have fun unless you quincy's know sleeping. <laughs> yeah, unless quincy's sleeping if not nobody's allowed to have fun how dare you <laughs> and i think it also speaks to the level of like how unkept he looks like he's just completely exhausted and over like he, he just went to sleep he's like, over he everything right now yeah he's over everything like you can tell he didn't do the night skincare routine you know he's <laughs> flaky know. he's flaky as shit right now he's flaky as shit he is tired he is cranky other people's pleasure is not working for him right now <laughs> no no i notice his pillows they're fluffy there's more than one very quincy of course they're the highest quality down pillows that there are oh, naturally egyptian cotton only the best for quinces for sure and the problem is um it's not other people's pleasure that is waking him up it is a helicopter which we see outside his window and i don't think that's just any helicopter i think you guys have talked about this on the podcast probably last time but it's like a military grade yeah yeah and we're gonna we're gonna dive into that because yeah okay we'll get there we we talk get there we'll get there we talked with some some military knowing people and we'll we'll get to there when we see the actual it was like it was one of those things it's like um a car you know when i was younger they were like small medium and big like that was how i knew that's how much i knew or, so sedan now- or van or suv they were just small medium large i like that <laughs> okay well this would be in this instance this would be a large helicopter mindy this would be a very large helicopter um yeah, and and this is like military grade equipment what do we say um a black hawk or i don't know I yeah think... I, I think it could be a black hawk i'm not oh, you sure know military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i would have to ask alexis yeah um but yeah yeah i think 
you know, maybe it could be a black hole. Maybe it's a, a Chinook. I think there's oh, one yeah, that's we called sell, this. We sell model kits. Of the, I don't know anything about the military, but we sell yeah. model kits. So my, my husband's in the military, but I'm I'm kind of like, I'm a very bad military wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's work for me. Like that's, that's work. And <laughs> if Quincy can be a bad mafia boss, you can be a bad military wife. No, thank you. Are... Thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, Tora there for you. <laughs> thank yeah. you. I, I will take that one. I will. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, we were talking about, you know, in terms of um, this being looked at as a resource, like this, you know, a piece of equipment like this is worth millions and millions of dollars. So the people that are running this, whatever this little, is. whatever this is, they're very, they have the resources to pull equipment like this. So we're not talking about just, you know, just anybody, just a simple street a dog. This is a clan. This is something big. This is something big. Sometimes I would even say maybe even bigger than clant related, you know? They, I mean, they had what? He had, obviously, like, they have... Let, let's let's pretend this is a stock image of a helicopter. I feel like there. I feel like it is a legitimately expensive helicopter, but let's, like, even pretend that Lily just grabbed a stock image of a helicopter and we're not going to go crazy on the tinfoil. They still had access to speedboats. Like, this, this, this helicopter has a machine gun on it. Like, these are still, even forgetting, like, what type of helicopter it is. They have money, whatever they it is. They have money, yeah. And, and I think it's been, you know, as you were mentioning, when she got attacked in her apartment, this guy had already a speedboat on hand with a driver ready to go. So this is not just out of the whim. Let me go check out this random chick uh, who is, you know, allegedly, you know, number. I mean, we're talking about the timeline too, uh, because by the time that they, she gets attacked, at her home, she's still not numbered. Correct. Uh, and that, uh, her information was not released yet. That came after. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, who is looking for her, or or whether it is to harm her or something else? We don't know. Yeah, we're gonna but, have to get into like a lot of speculation here because yeah, there's so much we don't. Disclaimer, know. everybody. Disclaimer. <laughs> everything that you hear from this point forward, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes, exactly. These are these are crackpot theories from fans. Not <laughs> this. Yeah. is a lot of speculation. Um, but like you were saying with the timeline of all this, um, so I went back and reread the episodes for the first break in with Ski Mask, um, whoever he or she may be, um. They, I'm going to say he from here on because that's, they refer to him as a him when Poppy is talking about the break-in. So I'll just go with that for now. Um, he had apparently broken into other apartments before hers because um, you'll find, you see in that episode, in one of the episodes where Guy was chasing after him out the window, Mrs. Haru and one of the other neighbors talk about how the neighbor who wears a lot of flashy jewelry had been burglarized too and two other apartments had gotten burglarized and they took a whole bunch of jewelry and other stuff so i don't know if it was a coincidence that ski mask stumbled upon poppy first if mm. if he was legitimately robbing the place and then stumbled upon her and then click something clicked for her or if it was like a cover-up where like they wanted it to look like a burglary so they took a few stuff from other apartments but really the goal was poppy's apartment like i'm not sure what the actual goal of ski mask was in that one but we have to keep an open mind because it could have been either way it could have just been like a happenstance or it could have been because they did burglarize other apartments yeah and at that time also i mean the way that i read 
those comments from the neighbors, we already know that she's kind of like living in a sketchy area. Mm -hmm. So when the neighbors are mentioning that their other neighbor got robbed, we don't know the timeline for that. So this could have happened like months ago and now this reoccurred again. So and I, so, so they thinking that maybe, I don't know, um, check me on that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. So let me like go back and look. I took screenshots before when I was rereading. Good, good. Give me the receipts, girl. <laughs> be too much of a, a little bit like unfair for Lily to show us all this, you know, the burglar and for it to be totally unrelated. Like, oh, well, yeah no I, I don't think so you know the the dots are dotting girl the dots are <laughs> dotting and when when she said the slogan for this comic is going to be all the dots are connected she was not kidding I yeah. you know you can find breadcrumbs since, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna become like the theory guy from the meme like you need to understand <laughs> how episode 29 is related to this episode <laughs> And it is in a way. So, so receipt. It is vague. I read it as it happened the same night, but I, it, I don't think it's definitive. So, um, the the neighbor is talking. There's Mrs. Uh, Haru, and then an un, I don't think the neighbor has a name, but a crazy lady who has like a hard throb crush on you, and she's got like curlers in her hair, and she's like, "You stay back, dear. It's dangerous." And then she says, "Can you believe the cheek of that burglar? He got into Mr. Lee's apartment and swiped an entire stash of jewelry." So. Ah. Before that, he they mentioned calling the cops and said he's been in two or three other apartments. I don't remember what the number was, but he'd been in other apartments. So it sounded like the same day, but I'm not, again, take it with a grain of salt. We don't have all the information. So but yeah, for sure. It wasn't just Poppy that was burglarized the first time. Whether that's important or not, I don't know, but keep it in And there. I think it's interesting from that episode also, the way that the burglar uh i mean we don't know their interaction until torah comes in and when he comes in she's already like gagged up and she's you know but when you tie somebody you know you have the, it begs the question like were they going to hurt her or were they going to kidnap her or were they just wanting to immobilize her so they can finish doing what they were doing yeah. Uh, but the no, intent, the intent, I don't think has ever been to hurt her because they could have done that. Like if they wanted to kill her, they could have. Yeah. So we'll get, and they didn't on that. Yeah. On that note, we'll keep going. Cause we see, we see him behind a machine gun. So let's um, yeah. get, so obviously in the next panel, Quincy looks terrified as shit, beard, sweat, eyes completely bugging out. And he just says, what the? And then we yeah, he knows off. that's not normal. He knows yeah, that's he's, not normal. He's bells are, are are going off in his brain. Um, so Poppy's up. <laughs> At least he has more sense of you know uh danger than Poppy. He was like, "Wow, so cool! I never seen a chopper up close like this." <laughs> she was she was trying to be hopeful that this was yeah. not scary. He was like, "This isn't scary. This is he's just really low." <laughs> and then she saw his mask his mask and she tied two and two okay i can't pretend this is just a low-flying view no 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 no, no. <laughs> you can see her, her face is like buddy you're flying really low like this is not normal <laughs> do not do not come for me right now um so she has i guess this is for i don't know if it's uh it helps readers connect this back to the burglary because she's on the ground now her with her with her ankle stretched out and she's touching it saying my ankle injury and she's remembering when she got hurt um and then the burglar got her that night the trigger 
it becomes yeah. a trigger. Yes, exactly. So it says, oh, and this part makes me really sad. Looks like we're going to, uh, we'll reunite sooner than I expected, dad. So her first thought is literally like, I'm going to die. Like she went right into, okay, this is like the window is stuck open. She saw a machine gun and this burglar. Yeah, there's no way I'm surviving this, whatever this is. Yeah. Also, so optimistic of her. Like, when she's thinking of her death, she's not like thinking, oh my God, I can't live with my dad. She's like, well, I'm going to be reunited with my dad again. Uh, yeah, that's a very poppy thing to do. To yeah. think, think of a positive, even in an absolute negative. And also very brave. Yeah. Like, the, there's this acceptance of, okay, like, this is where I'm going. So. I yeah. guess I'm gone. You like, know. She's terrified. She's out of breath. She's shaking. She's all these things. But it's just like a well, like looks like this is it. Like you're right. It's just an ex- it's an acceptance. Maybe it could just be shock. But like yeah, for sure. She's frozen a little bit beyond the ankle. She also does seem frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like even if she did have the ankle injury, she would be like limping away or something. Which well, we did. Which we did see in the burglar episode too, when her when the burglar got into I don't like ski mask got into her apartment. She Tora says like you should be having a reaction right now, like you're being really calm. And she was like, no, I'm frozen. Like I'm not calm. I'm just incapable. I'm numb. Yeah, numb. That was the word. You're right. That was the word she used. Numb. Yeah. Um. So then we get to a close up of the machine gun, and then clang, 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 which we will go into um it, I, at first i thought it was the machine gun firing like as the as the barrel turned i got so scared dude yeah, i was like <laughs> no she did not go there so if you want to take over uh Eileen. okay so we got the clank clanks and we see uh the dude behind the mask and he's kind of I'm, I'm gonna guess that he's like surprised maybe a little bit <laughs> We can't tell. Uh, we can't tell. We can't <laughs> tell, but we can see. I think if if we look at it from the next panel, then we see what's going on, which is that Tora has gotten to a vantage point and he's taking shots at the helicopter. So if I look at the other panels, uh, it's basically him shooting and you can see him getting really close. So he almost got the fucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I were to interpret it that way, like he almost shot him. Yes. Like you, we can assume that maybe a bullet got really, really close. And then I obviously, know, I don't know if this is art, like Lily's art, or if this is just a back, it might just be background information. I see little X's by the, within the clang, clang, clang panel. There's like these oh. black X's. I thought that maybe those were where the bullets are hitting, but I think they're just like. I think it's part of the, the design. Or yeah. The, yeah. the design. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we see, you know, it's him and he's taking shots at it and he actually causes the helicopter to swerve mm-hmm. so he makes it and let, let's just you know he says there's obviously neighbors that are have woken up because of the ruckus and you see what they're saying it's kind of like a parallel for when oh, yeah. for when she got attacked you know now we have like the the commentary from the people in the building like who's on the balcony <laughs> like like who's on the balcony you know and it's like honey look there's a freaking chopper outside our house how cool is that God, uh, these people are so, uh... <laughs> it's like the cheese maze on oh, like you know yeah. I, I can just see them like looking over like you know a bunch of cheese mozas like what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah so and the video of uh, the cat watching the Italian woman screaming outside, or was it was at New York City or whatever, where the cat's just like, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
and and then he said are you nuts what if it crashes into us which is something that you know it's possible uh but forget about the chopper i think there's someone outside our balcony and then we get a close-up like when I don't know if it's just like a phrasing. Did they mean on the balcony, on their own balcony? Yeah, the, he's on their balcony. Yeah, he wanted a better vantage point, so he yeah. climbed up too. And, and homeboy is like out of breath. Like you, you can, you know, the little huff, huff, huff is like him. Like he took a run. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how he got there, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he got there, but homeboy sped up and you know i think it's wall it's not like you know fence like a a whatever stuff that you can grab onto really (laughs) he's spider-man all the way up there i mean if you think about it it's kind of like what she told him um at the beginning that you know oh do you do parkour you know (laughs) i and he said like i can scale that easy like he was yeah (laughs) he's he's like this building mm, five minutes yeah you're absolutely yeah you're right and he literally does it here in less than five minutes in less than five minutes and I think it's interesting and and it speaks to not only his training but also like his you know forethought as a hitman or as he's almost he's very military in in a lot of ways like he's very focused I always joke that he's like the John Wick of Naren City you know he's like a man of focus you know, sheer will and commitment. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, like, he knew exactly where he needed to go on that building. So that denotes that he has studied, like, he takes his job very seriously, which is in, in this apartment a lot. So, like, he's familiar with probably all, he's probably had to think this through millions of times, but then when it needs to, he's he's acting. He's active. Like, he knows exactly where he needs to go. He knows the vantage point that anything can get into Quincy's apartment from any angle and then we move over to the person that is actually coming out into the balcony I said maybe he broke into our house oh my god just take a look and take your gun with you oh no no someone's gonna shoot Tora (laughs) and then it's like oh my god do not do this to me I mean and we see the guy and he's like okay okay fine and then the next panel is like no no one's there. Uh oh, there's no one here. This is freaking me out. I'm calling the cops. Sounds like someone already did. Look, the chopper's leaving. Mm-hmm. So then we see a vantage point from the chopper, but however, it's a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So we would know that it's leaving and that it, you know it, you know, the whatever purpose uh they were there for they can no longer achieve it so and then we cut into poppy and she's you know obviously she's in shock she's i don't know i i feel like she's having like an anxiety attack like like she felt like she's running a marathon yeah well they just like she literally was like she was she came to the acceptance of death and then they just went away like from her i mean she the windows open so i'm sure she heard the gunshots but like they just went away and that's what so I wanted to come back to your point from earlier which was um that the intruder didn't seem to want to harm Poppy when he tied her up when he broke into the apartment and we don't know why like to kidnap to to harm to just incapacitate while he robbed the place um he 
came in with the team. Obviously, someone was flying the chopper, so it wasn't just him on that plane. Like there was, he has a team. Like one with the boat. He had a person driving the boat. Um, in this one, he has someone driving the chopper. He had a machine gun aimed at her in an open window, and then Tora pops a few shots at him, and they fly away. So like, they could have easily turned that machine gun and got it. Uh-huh. And they did on her, on him, on any of them. And they didn't. Very strange. So they aren't trying to kill. Well, we don't know. But like, it doesn't seem. Yeah, it it doesn't seem like they want to harm her. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they want to harm her. It doesn't seem like they want to harm him. At at least on a physical plane. Correct. Yes, correct. I don't think they saw him, though. Like, they They know they were getting shot at, but I don't think they saw him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they. It could be that this person is just. I don't know. Scares very easily, and as soon as they're getting shot at, they're like, "Okay, I'm gonna leave." Because it's hard for me to believe that they're pointing a machine gun and not wanting to harm Poppy. <laughs> like, what else is it gonna shoot out teddy bears? Like, what? What's their attention possibly? They're like, "Oh, I." Or, or if they were looking, if they were looking for Quincy, let's say, they were looking for Quincy, maybe. You know, they saw her and they're like, I, I don't have to kill this person. Yeah, we literally know nothing. They could have been looking for Quincy. They could have been looking for Tora. They could have been looking for Poppy. But if they weren't looking for her, they're like, oh, shoot, this is the girl we're trying to kill. And then they get shot at and they're like, oh, like, this is not how this is supposed to go planned. Let's leave. It could be that. Um, My theory is that this is where we, this is where, take a grain of salt. This is just me. <laughs> I believe that this person is after Poppy alone, like just after Poppy or something or something that has to do with her. Um, I feel like it's a coincidence that they found her because of her being with Tora, her being with Quincy, but I feel like it's not to get to them. I feel like it's to get to her. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. I feel like it's, it just seems too weird that they're not going after her when she's with anyone. Like they're they're specifically looking for her, like in her apartment. They um they knew she was out. I'm sure, I was going back and looking at the timeline, and I was trying to figure out like when all of this happened. So we know that that alarm for the burglary. Her alarm went off when Tora was dealing with. He was out somewhere having like a panic attack. It was after. The, yeah, he was at the bridge. Yeah, that was her, after the coffee shop. So he stood her up for the date. And she answered the phone once and she was like, are you okay? Oh, you're great. Then we'll talk later. Yeah, Bye. She so she was like, yeah, we're done. She, she, she's pissed. So, and then she gets home. Giyu is asleep. So he doesn't check when she, when she gets home, he doesn't yeah. know if he's home. And then obviously from the time that Tora arrives to her apartment, she's already up and the burglary is already happening in real time. So I I feel the same way you do, M. I think they're looking for her just because the I get the hunch, but I don't I feel it's just that it doesn't like like you were saying, it doesn't add up with the timeline because this burglary comes before there's any information out there of her in the underworld. Like no, no. up up until this moment, nobody knows who she is or her connection to either Quincy or Tora. Yeah, and she is highly visible now because of them. So she went back. She went back. No, to- that that's the thing. She's not visible because of them. Well, doesn't uh, doesn't um? Yeah, Dory have a picture of her 
because uh, at the, like on Era Street that I took earlier. So, you know, who's to say like what, how much that went around and who it got to. Wait, who has the picture? Um, then someone that do you remember the thugs? Do you remember the thugs that were trying to fight them? Yeah, they, uh, they took a picture when they were kissing. Oh, the did they really? Wow, I didn't really miss that. Okay, so later on, but like who knows who else Nicholas passed it to? And when I say I when I say Poppy is now um noticeable because of them, I just mean like she's been hidden. Poppy has been hidden, like we know that now. She, her granny made that comment about like I should tell her something, and we know that yeah, Poppy's yeah, and we know you that Poppy's hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head. And Poppy's dad was a very skilled hacker or, or computer guy because you was like, wow, this whoever changed Poppy's address and hid them did a damn good job. Like this is not a small feat. So Poppy's and dad, you, and you know, and you know, now that you're saying that, you know, that he, you know, that little breadcrumb of information that we have, mm-hmm. um, when, you know, he changed their address on a government level page. Yeah. So, and we always wondered about that, you know, yeah. like, was he? he part of the government what he was he working for any agency i remember that a long time ago we you know were team foiling yeah and i remember we arrived to a theory that maybe he had been undercover yeah uh you know so there's so much there's so many things that could have happened and then there's Uh, comment about being in the mafia that like when they're setting when they're in moonbright and i'm mafia too yeah yeah the like yeah i am too and so like, was it her mom? Was it her dad? Was it, like, where did it come from? What is going yeah. on with Poppy? Who the fuck is she? <laughs> yeah, and and then we also have the another breadcrumb of Grandma changing her name when yeah, she from, checked into the hospital. Oh, so mysterious. From, from Fleur to Pearl, Fleur to Pearl. Yeah. No, I think it was uh, her maiden name is Fleur, right? Fleur. But she was known as Granny Pearl by as Granny Pearl. But her first by name the was town. So it's Kim Pearl or Kim Fleur is her maiden name. Yeah. Or, so no, no, Pearl is her maiden name. Hold on, I have to go back and look. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think Fleur was I know, her maiden name. I think I I know that she was in the uh home or in the the hospital as Kim Pearl. That was the name she was under, um, because Poppy was calling looking for Kim Fleur. And they were like, oh, we don't have that woman here. But they remember the name Kim. And then they were like, oh, wait, but there's another Kim here. Like, and that's not another, that's not another name. So either way, like her last name wasn't Wilkes. So it could be that she was using her maiden name to begin with or whatever, however, whatever reason she wasn't using the name Wilkes. She's Poppy's mom's mother. So so when Poppy is in the lake with Tora, when they fall, when the spider crawls up Tora's leg and he falls in the water, they start talking, they start rambling. Um, sorry, I literally just reread like the, these episodes, like the last two days. Yeah, she, she they say that she tells him, uh, she explains her family to him. And she's just rambling. Yeah, it was like, tell me about yourself. Just tell me about yourself. And he's like, who are those people? So she starts to, to tell him the people that are closest to her. Yeah. So she, she says that me. actually Danae and the other one, I forget the name. Um, uh, De- uh, Danae and, oh my goodness, it's going to drive me nuts. I, both of them they're her aunts 
It's mm -hmm. just that she calls them their cousin because they're mm -hmm. closer in age. So these are sisters of her mom. Yes. Yeah, so it, she says here, hold on, I have it open right here. Um, her engineering friends. Be uh, oh, uh, Danny and Belle is what she calls them. I think it was Isabel. Uh, Danny and Belle. Yeah. Um, she says, okay, anyway, uh, I don't have a very big family. Belle and Danny are my grandpa's youngest siblings' daughters. Grandpa passed away before I was born. Him and Granny only have one daughter. That's my mom. So mm. Granny's ah. daughter is Poppy's mom. So she wouldn't be named Wilkes. Her so Poppy's Sorry. mom's name is something Fleur, technically. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I guess I keep thinking it's her dad because she was with them when they died and, you know. But it's an interesting uh, snippet of their family dynamic because obviously after he dies, we see that, you know, we see that image of her dad, you know, on the bed after he passed away and her grandmother's with her. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Poppy's mom's mother stayed with Poppy stayed and father and, yeah. and her father and from what poppy said at that time was that you know it was stage four cancer it came very quickly so there's a family dynamic there that you would have to wonder you know because obviously they're the only family that she has left because her mom went away for reasons oh, that we dad's mom, parents yeah but exactly so where are her dad's side of the family you know, it's like she doesn't have none. So she's left with her maternal grandmother, who's obviously hiding something for her from her. And she expresses it. She's like, is it time to tell her? And you're like, what, Granny? What? Like, tell her what? <laughs> and Poppy's like, oh, I've dealt with too much drama. I'm not going to ask about it now. Yeah, like, yeah I'm not going to ask girl. about it now. She needs but, to know. <laughs> but I think that's the thing I like about Poppy is that she she plays innocent very well. Before she us. Plays, yeah, she, she <laughs> plays deaf very well as well. <laughs> she has selective hearing. She has selective when, when hearing. When like, I don't love you, she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, yeah, well, it's like, you're telling me this, but you're showing me something else. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she's like, she she's very good at, you know, gathering information. You know, Poppy's a gatherer. She gathers information. Stuffs it yeah. in like, she hoards it. <laughs> Yeah, and then she gets like her cheeks full and she's like, you know, and then she goes into herself, which is, I think, a, a very important quality that she has. Oh, so yeah, definitely. Um, Granny's, you know, Poppy's granny is definitely hiding some information that is relevant to her. We don't know what, but however, all of these situations that have been happening since she moved to the city which is another breadcrumb you know her granny did yeah she's like doing everything in her power to bring her back to Moonbright we also know that Moonbright is safe, there. is safe is clan neutral so there's just like these little snippets of information that we've been getting throughout the story and now it's kind of like everything is boiling over and then those dots are coming closer and closer together. So so here, so here's where like we just don't have enough information. But is it so this this person could be after Quincy, could be after Torah, could be after Poppy. If we're gonna go under the assumption that they are after Poppy just for argument's sake, 
they could be coming after Poppy because of whoever her family is or whoever she is in her family. They could be coming after her to get at Tora or Quincy because she's related. She's linked to Quincy because she's their editor. She's linked to Tora romantically. We know everyone knows this now. She was linked to a Baltimore elite and literally broadcasted everywhere. She's numbered. Now that's not the issue because we know that the intruder came after her before then, but she was still linked to Quincy and Tora at that point. Could be unrelated people. Maybe a second, the second person, you know, could be because of the number part. Yeah, true. True. It could be it could be another time around. Or it could be because she had the notebook and whoever Goliath was, I'm just oh, I like this. Sorry, I just saw this now. So whoever Goliath was going to meet was in Moonbright. So Goliath was going with the notebook to a clan neutral place to hand it off to someone. I could have been, I like, so we know he talked to police officers. He talked to, what was it? Uh, Sergeant Schuster, Lieutenant Schuster, some, some person in, in like, so government. So it could have been a police officer. Mm-hmm. Could have been another clan. I don't know who, like, we know that Goliath was there and Poppy was there and Tor was there. So we have all these moving pieces and just yeah so it could be it could be that they're after anything they could have been searching her apartment for the notebook or for some hint that she had it which could have been connected to gill and uh shark or it could have just been from them knowing poppy was involved from having been in moonbright when poppy stumbled into that area they found her scooter maybe when they went back to look to see if i had dropped stuff like it could be anyone (laughs) it could be anyone oh and let's not forget that Detective Lane is still a moving piece that we haven't heard from again. However, we you... saw her in Felicia Bay. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. think I don't think that was there by mistake. No. No. She was. Yeah. She was in a client neutral area. Having she was fun in a, having fun with her kids. But we, from context on the story, we know that she knows that Poppy has come into contact with Tora. She doesn't she know knows. that that relationship has, you know, evolved. But she is aware of who Poppy is and her connection, even if albeit a mistaken or or a connection that she has, she's under a different impression than what it is now. But she knows that she's a player, like she knows that she's a moving piece in this bigger puzzle that we that appears that she's trying to solve, which mm-hmm. is like all the corruption and like we see that this is probably a detective that wants to end the hold that the Balthuman clan has on the city. So we we have that breadcrumb to add to this mountain that we've been getting throughout the story. I just want to know if we know who this ski mask person is or who they're related to. Like, is this completely new? Or like, <laughs> are we? I, li- I was rereading this like a crazy person. Like, did I miss a nugget? Like, did I miss something? And like, I don't think, so I don't you know what I'm looking for Mm. I'm looking for anyone who has a cut on their hand yes I I was so convinced that was gonna come up and I when I was yeah I was so convinced and I I didn't I didn't notice anything maybe I I don't know but I mean it's something that can still appear yeah how long I don't know how long ago like would it have been healed like I'm sure it would still be like uh, scab or something like it's not that long but like would it affect their hand motion <laughs> i mean if you think about it how many days has it been four i don't know since the break and honestly i'm i have no idea i couldn't tell you you know in, in the timeline of the story i think it's, it's been like 
for four days, maybe maybe a week. I mean, she she gets attacked right. in her home. They move her and they move at her most, to Felicia Bay. Yeah, at most a week, I would say probably. Yeah, at at the very most a week. A so a you can have a stakab. So from this moment forward, and anybody that comes in that's a new face or or a face that we already know, I'm looking at the hands, bitch. Yeah. Like I am, I am like, let me see them piggies. <laughs> let me let me read your palms, sir. Two dollars <laughs> to read your palm. Thank you. All right, so we move on. For you to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find this motherfucker. Yeah. So we see, um, Poppy that she's able to stand, and we see her wobble a little bit. And th- this was, this was actually a little bit funny to me because she gets wobbly feet when she's in Area Street. And then when she gets attacked in her home, she's like, hold on, let me catch a minute because my legs are like jello. I can't stand up. So we see her that weak, you know, weak knees is something that, you know, under duress is something that she struggles with. Um, And then we strong man to carry her. (laughs) Yeah. So and then we see there's this sound like something is like hitting on the wall. And she's like, oh, my God. Like you, you can see that that badump is like pure fear. Like motherfucker, not again. <laughs> like please, please, it's five a.m. in the morning. I have not had an ounce of sleep. Aww. Like, is it really? And then we see his leg. He's coming like spy, fucking Spider Man, <laughs> coming in, and he's and she's just like screaming like, and, you know, it's like she takes the first thing that she she probably sees which is a pillow Mm -hmm. and then she goes straight for it like I know and then you can see that he ducks so reflexes are still at 50 percent even though we haven't slept in 48 hours yeah thank thank you great great granddaddy Ulan for the for the good genes And then he goes, it's me. And she continues screaming. Like that scream transcends two panels. And he's like, Bobby, it's me. And it's it's such a funny thing because every time that she's freaked out and she doesn't recognize him, he he says the same thing. He's like, he goes to the cutesy nickname. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like to to give her some recognition. Like it's me, you know, nobody else calls you Bobby just me and then he goes it's me cut it out and then we see that she's actually being intentional of it (laughs) and this next panel is I laughed so hard she's like I know it's you that's the whole point (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's like I know it's you I know it's you and you know what like enough is enough I've had my fill for tonight and I'm gonna let off some fucking steam (laughs) and he goes besides you're awfully fond of pillows aren't you and that was so funny to me because the the scene is so stressful and and yet she immediately tells a titty joke (laughs) (laughs) and the the best thing is that the motherfucker responds he's like only you and he goes who so this is this I, I don't know if it was on purpose but it's a callback to when they were in um uh, yeah so I have the image here where uh yeah when they were in um uh Alice's restaurant and he, they make a jackfruit joke and he's being a perv about her 
boobs and she literally socks him right in the nose and causes him to bleed so like i don't i don't think we've seen have we seen tora bleed from anyone else no he said he said it he said at that time you're the first person in years to get me in my face yeah so now twice (laughs) twice like can we take a knee for this woman like this five foot nothing woman just made the tiger of Arrow Street bleed not once but twice and I love okay this I don't I don't want anyone to mistake this comment I love her violence yes I do too I I love her violence because she's usually so reserved I am much more violent than my husband and he he's okay with it I, yeah, you know, yeah, and I think <laughs> you know, and and I think her violence for him, like I, I don't want to say it's a turn on, but it's kind of like, respect. like, he, yeah, it's it's a respect, but it's also like a confirmation for him that you know, yeah, like I okay, I I, like if she if she loses control because she's so reserved, like that is confirmation for me of what I think she's feeling. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh. You know, it's like, but, but her, obviously her violence is very mellow. Like she's attacking him with a pillow and she's obviously frustrated. Like a lot of things has happened throughout the night. She's had a very rough night. You know, she's just told him that she loved him. He rejected her. She knows he's, he's lying, but she's still trying to give him the space to work out his feelings uh, while still, you know, keeping her, her peace and her power. Um, but it's like, you know, you know, I, it, it comes a point where it boils over. And I think this was her saying, like, I am so fucking frustrated. Like, I've had enough of you. I've had enough of the mafia. I've had enough of Gil. I have enough of everybody. Like, just fuck off. All of that was put into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> All of that was put into a pillow. And it was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this was girl dinner. Mm-hmm. Okay. This was girl dinner. Yes. His blood is our dinner. and then like she feels very safe with him because if she wouldn't feel safe with him she wouldn't attack him you know she knows that he won't care he doesn't mind you know that he's he's not going to do anything bad to her you know she wouldn't trust other people with that that's a good point and also do you ever find like when someone's mad at you and they don't respond I feel like that hurts so much more like you feel isolated and like she they just they had this big emotional moment Tor rejected her and then when he like tried to back not backpedal with his like he was standing firm with his like no I don't actually care about you lie he was at least like oh like stay here for the night like let me he was trying to be like polite and kind and try and like take this thing off and she's like nope I'm good like thanks have a good night bye like cheery like yeah basically like a cheery fuck you like okay good night bye friendly and now she's like yelling at him and hitting him and like that must at least feel better than fake cheeriness that like that hurts when someone is just like yeah pretending to be okay and you know they're not so this is at least communication even if it's violent and a lot of pent-up bullshit (laughs) and it's one of the things that i love about their relationship that this that is a flaw you know that passive aggressiveness is a flaw that they both have and yet they are very because they both have it they can recognize it in the other and you know they don't take it personally yeah you know and he even says it in the last episode he's like gee you know which passive aggressive asshole is she you know who slams door is she hanging out with he knows it's him she's doing exactly what 
he taught her to do like you will not take any shit from anybody especially me mm -hmm. and she's doing that yeah, that's what he told her in and after the break-in he literally said like when she said uh he was explaining his background and like his sob story essentially and she's like so what you're saying is i should cut you some slack and he's like no the exact opposite you should be harder on me because I am a tough asshole and I'm going to be a dick sometimes and you need to be tough with me. So yeah. like, I feel like that is kind of, this is so much better than just, okay, yeah, like I'm okay. Have a good night. Like this is what he speaks. This get mad at me and yell at me and give me my shit back because I need you to. And I, I'm sure that also helps him. Like, it's like, okay, I know you can handle this then. If she was meek and slinks off and is crying and sad and like, okay, yeah, I'm not saying she shouldn't cry and be sad and all that stuff. That's obviously perfectly fine but she also needs to fight back and she is here like she's yeah she's she's literally fighting him back mm -hmm. you know and i think in a way it's good for him because physicality is his language mm -hmm. well the next yes. the next part is definitely very physical so well <laughs> he literally does say like that's all the stuff you got so like even after all that he's like hit me with more like come on like you this is obviously helping you here like that's all you got like come on hit me and she's like no nah, i'm good that's that's it <laughs> Yeah, so she then, um, you know, we just see their feet and they're really, really close together. And she, you know, she's, he's got his boots on, but she's, you know, bare-legged, which again, just shows the distinction. He's ready to go. He's he's the protector. He's the, you know, the, the mafia guy. And she's just vulnerable and feminine and petite and small and, you know, um, defenseless in a way. So that's like a contrast there. And I, I saw when when I read the the first time, I thought the same as you, Em. I thought that he was like, okay, did you got all your anger out? And she was mm -hmm. like, yep. But then when I was rereading again, and then when he says the next part, I thought it was, oh, he's making her bag. Oh, already? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. There, there's like, there's, yeah, there's a, uh, I think there's a time uh jump oh you're absolutely right That's yeah there's a there's a little time jump there and I think this is right. so significant because not only is he making her bag yeah do you remember her comment when she is trying I don't remember the episode it was in the earlier episodes when she's trying like work out her feelings and she's like I don't want to be too clingy because <laughs> jewelry always you know he was he always got pissed with me when I got clingy so I'm trying my best to hold my emotions and to rein it in because mm -hmm. I am very emotional and I can get very clingy. Mm -hmm. So right now he's making her bag. And at the same time, he's making her bag. She is clinging to him because she needs that comfort. So ironically, um, this scene is also a mirror from Ashura's Bride which I can't take credit for Patty. I think it was Patty mentioned. Um, and then I went back and looked for it and I was like, Oh my God, she's right. So there is a scene when you can, if you're watching on yes. here, but yep. uh, where, what is happening here? He's about to leave. I don't remember. He tells her, he tells her the plans for the attack. And he's like, yeah. you do with that information, what you will. Yeah. And, and he turns, I, I recently reread it. So it's fresh. Yeah. And, and then she goes because she doesn't want him to leave. She wants him to stay the night and, yeah. you know, just stay with her. And then she goes and she reaches out and she hugs him from behind. Yeah. And then she just calls her his name. Like, that's the only thing she says. She says his name. 
And that also reminds me now this was last chapter or the chapter before when she, when she's saying like um when when Taurus says like no I don't care about you or like I don't feel the same way and she's like tell him I miss like I miss you like say what you wanted to say at at Regina's peak like I miss you and that um that clinging that like oh my god this this emotion that is very similar in um that scene in Shura's Bride where like she doesn't say I miss you or I don't want you to go or I don't she just says like his name over and over again because she doesn't know how to say that like don't leave please I I want to be with you tonight Poppy wanted to say I want to be with you tonight but Tora shut her down like so it's literally it's very similar how those like yeah I also find it fascinating how um she basically, so just to finish these panels, she, yeah. the next one that she's, you know, they're turned, but now she's still stuck with him. And he's like, you ready to let go now? And she says, no. And then we yeah. see a full shot of them and he's in her closet. She's behind him. And she's just like, you know, right, really clinging onto him, right, like a, right there next to him. He's like, can't run from the enemy glued together like this, you know? And she's <laughs> like, so obviously their plan is like thrown away, right? They're packing up. But I love how she went from, fine fine it's okay I'm gonna meet you anyway to like now her walls are down and she's just being very honest and she's had such a crazy night that she doesn't care if she looks like a little girl or you know just like a baby she's like I need you and I'm gonna be stuck to you and I need your physical comfort and your body and your big healthy body and I'm just gonna hide behind you and I can't handle anymore and that's it I'm done yeah exactly I did and she's like she's like no I don't care and you can see that she's sniffling so it's kind of like she's crying, but she doesn't want to let him hear that she's crying almost. So she's kind of like, you know, trying to keep it in. And it's not a sob. It's a sniff. Yeah, it's a sniff. And and he's like, he's still trying to make her feel better because that was a little joke. He's like, you know, we can't run from the enemy glue like this, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. that was, he's no, she, he, he's trying to lighten the mood. And she's like, I don't care. Like, I, I oh. think that don't care. It's like serious this seems so much bigger to me than i think it's going i'm gonna say this and then you're gonna be like yeah uh i feel like it's really big though (laughs) when um torah is scared angry whatever emotion he's going through poppy has often commented like oh we're back to one word answers like he's not talking he's clammed up like he's giving me nothing i'm just getting one word answers from him he'll just be like yeah yes what like he gives he like breaks down and she's like asking him questions and he's giving her nothing in this situation he's literally that's all the stuff you got yeah you write a let go yet no like can't run from the enemy making a joke don't care like not even i don't care it's just don't care she's she's literally like she's Tori here <laughs> and but it's also really fucking cute like the you ready to let go now no <laughs> like I can just mm-hmm. petulant tantrum of just like nope no I'm not <laughs> no no I'm not overwhelmed and she is just she doesn't want to even have to think and string together a full sentence mm-hmm. it's done she's beyond the capacity to like be a you know a, a grown-up <laughs> She's she's done adulting for the day. She's, yeah, no. She's done it's... humaning for the day. She is now a clingy blob and she wants to stay that way and be with her stinky man and bury her face in his clothes and be okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is great that and she that's... has that comfort with him. No matter how much they fight, you can see that they feel very, very safe, safe with each other and they feel that sense of home and like belonging. Yeah. I their touch is powerful and um whenever I I'm a very anxious person by nature so um so like my my dog just got into a like a dog fight this weekend and she's okay but like I fell apart afterwards and um 
I like found myself this weekend, like laying on the couch with my husband. And then I'm just like, I was just like, he's very bony and skinny, but like somehow comfortable at the same time. And I'm like, I don't understand how this works, but like, I will find that by laying on him, even if he's not paying attention, he could be reading an article on his iPad or playing a video game or whatever. But if I'm just like clinging to him and laying on him and like, I smell his clean shirt and like, I feel the warmth and it's like oxytocin just goes into my body. And I'm just like, this is good. Like, I like, I'm okay now. Yeah. it's your your place of safety is your place of comfort yeah Um, and and yeah it's a solid body of warmth that smells good and she's just buried in there and she's just like okay I can like we can we can go but I'm not going from here and when he tries to take her apart she like panics like when he pulls oh that was so sad dude like she looks scared like she's got the little teardrop sweat and and the like the the no like it's a it's a panic no that's just not like it's a panic no now that's no like stop i want i need this yeah and and you know i felt her fear it was like oh my god because you see his face and you see that he kind of sighs he's like we have to you know we have to do this and and you kind of feel that you know he's because he looks so serious it's like oh he's he's shutting off again like he's gonna do the same thing that he did in the bedroom which was you know space physical space and then her no is like no like I'm not ready for this and she looks at him like with panic eyes like I'm not ready to let go oh my god (laughs) Instead of doing that, he totally shocks us all. And the next panel we see is just his face right next to hers. And she's, you know, not sure what's going on. And he says, I'm a goddamn mess right now, Poppy Land. And then we see the next panel and he is kneeling and he has arms around her and he's just buried in her chest. Wow. <laughs> and he says, I, I can't even tell you how I am not over this panel. It's not one knee, it's both knees. The most powerful hitman in the business, the person that everyone fears. This fucking man just got on his knees for this woman. Like, it's not, I am not okay. Okay. Thank you, Lily. Here are my tears. We are a goddamn mess right now, Lily. (laughs) Take them, take them, put them in your altar. (laughs) <laughs> it is it is it is very uh I, I don't even you know when I first read it I said this is you know that's something that Poppy was doing for him she was seeking comfort from him and now he's getting comfort from her and he's fine being vulnerable and completely broken down with her he also feels safe with her and he's deriving safety from her and her body and it's just amazing because he didn't want to admit it but now you know, now that like Poppy almost died again, he verbally admits it and with his body language admits it. But he says on so many different levels, I don't even know how to begin. That's how messed up he is. That's all I can say to you. But if you're willing to give me a little more time, which is. He's wow. still giving her an out. Like, he's like, please don't go. Please don't go. If If you want to go, you can. But please don't. Which is amazing. He's basically telling her, he's admitting that he lied before. And, you know, when he said, I don't love you, and he's basically saying, I want you. And I just, I'm, I, for someone to admit they're messed up is a very, very, very big deal. For someone who doesn't want to be in love with someone to admit that they want that person is also a big deal. And it's just so many big deals. <laughs> and, you, and you remember, Mindy, what, what Patty was talking about when we did 120, that um, 
he he has never talked about his feelings and he did right now he did he openly told her how he feels wow that's like it's golden it's just so beautiful so touching i don't have words i just have feels yeah (laughs) yeah and this is this is like i think this is like what porn is for men like women love this this is emotional (laughs) Okay, I'm better now. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% true. <laughs> I mean, we love the guy, but he is a guy. So the lessons will come a little bit slower, but we're just happy that they come. And I think now when you look at that panel and then you see, you take that into consideration when he first takes that big sigh, you know, it's kind of like he's making the decision of this little shit has been so honest and so open about everything that she feels and I have given her nothing and then you know just when she thinks she's she's going to shut her off again he turns around he tells her how he feels he doesn't say he doesn't say I love you which is something that Patty mentioned, like he doesn't say the words, but his physicality, his, what he does is showing what he, what he feels. Which is the exact opposite of jewelry. Like when, when he confronts her back in Moonbright, he's like, I love you. Like, like why, like, why are you doing this to me? Like, he's like, but like he, he uses the, I love you as, as a, as a weapon. Exactly. Or doesn't, he doesn't want to say, I don't know if he doesn't want to say it for, cause we know he said it to himself. Like he's literally yeah. said I'm in love before to himself um, or I'm falling in love or, or I think I'm, you know, he's, he's, he's reminisced or not reminisced. He's, he's ruminated on this concept before multiple times, but he doesn't say it to her. And I don't know if it's cause he doesn't want it to be re- like, if he says it out loud, does it make it real? Is he afraid of the curse? If he says it out loud, does he believe that will be weakness does he believe that will be does he actually believe in the curse does he not want to like is it some like superstition where like you don't say like you're going to win a game before you watch a football game or something yeah like we're gonna i mean it's it's also easier i mean it's easier to handle your own feelings you know when you like someone or when you're in love with someone but you're not really sure if they love you back or if they could love you back you're like okay i can deal with my feelings i can I, i can accept that i love them and I can also accept that that is mine responsibility. Mm-hmm. However, when she drops the L bomb on him, mm-hmm. it it completely shocks him. I truly believe he no. never thought he she was at that level. I don't yeah. think he ever thought that she was in love with him the way the same way that he is with her. But you know what I find interesting is that his words are very hopeful because he first of all thinks that they're going to survive because he says, you know, first he's I'm glad I messed right now, which means. I think with her, he realizes there could be better, that he could get better and he could become a less of a mess in the future. And he says, give me a little more time, which means, again, he thinks that their relationship will have more time. A, just in terms of like they'll survive physically and they'll be alive, but also that there's hope for the two of them together, which is how freaking cute is Poppy's response where like she she just takes a second comforts him like she she just basks in the sweetness of this man falling to his knees for her of him opening up she sits there obviously emotionally affected by this display of affection and honesty and vulnerability she like takes a takes a heartbeat and then soothes him and is just like what do you think i'm doing right now like 
I didn't walk out of there saying, now I don't love you anymore. It's not like she slammed the door and was like, well, fuck you. Like she left out of there and she's, she's giving him more time. She was doing it because she was, you know, frustrated with the night, but like she, she didn't stop loving him just because he rejected her. And her, she's saying that here, like, I am giving you time. That's what I'm doing right now. And whatever you need to do, like, I'm still going to be here. And she soothes him and she's cute with him. She's yeah. And I, I think it's also very important to notice that this is also a show of loyalty. He's choosing her too. And I think that's going to come into play because I don't think up until this point, he had really chosen fully. You know, he has like one foot in the clan and one foot in the life that he could have with her. And I think the moment that he gets on both knees for her, I saw that as uh, kind of like when Lancelot, you know, promises himself to Guinevere, you know, it's like I like my life is yours. Like there's there's nothing else, you know, and like Mindy says, like he is actively thinking about a time that they will be together. And I think that's very important what, what you said, Min, because he's actually choosing the possibility of the life that he could have with her. And it's it's also like, you know, if you remember the, the beach scene that he had in his dream where she was the, the source of comfort, this reminds me of this again. And she's also wearing that yellow and he's deriving comfort from her and that piece. And it's, you know, yeah. I feel like we're seeing Tora having a little bit of, like the child healing right now. Yes. Oh, oh yes. And, and you know what? I saw when I saw that that panel that she's telling him, like, what do you think I'm doing, silly? I said, where have I seen that expression before on his face? Because you can see it's kind of like very innocent. Like there's a mixture of innocence and and him being vulnerable and the little blush you know it's kind of like he's embarrassed almost to to say that and then I kept thinking about where have I seen that before and then I remember on episode 29 this scene let me see if I can yeah I I know exactly what you're so yeah. okay so it's the scene that she wakes up in the apartment after he's done the dishes and she wants to, before he leaves, she wants to thank him for saving her from falling off of the tree. And, you know, he's kind of like dumbfounded because, you know, it's like nobody has ever thanked him for doing a good deed. You know, and he's kind of like lost. And she goes, it's kind of like a little reparenting almost. I was, I was about talking. To say, you yeah. want to you you feel some hurts? Just jump back one just yes. jump back yeah one yeah chapter and you see the exact kind of to the bosom hand on the hair stroking comforting and it's it's a very maternal very motherly very comforting yeah and you see poppy that she has her hand on his head she's like stroking his head she's like what well what do you think i'm doing here silly like i am giving you time i she's just so kind like she's just she's just a good loving supportive person like yeah and you see him like like please don't and i almost kind of like want to think that he's actually at level with her heart so he can like hear her heartbeat while she's saying that and that comfort that that person brings you and he looks just like so cozy you know my jaw hurts from my whole chest hurting from this conversation because like it's just I don't know how to explain my heart is like doing things like what 
I would, it's like Mindy said, this is fucking female porn. I'm feeling emotional arousal right now. <laughs> it's not sexual. It is my heart and it is making me hurt in the best possible way. This is yeah. the emotional angst that we live for. The, the healing, the warmth, the... So again, I'm going to get very personal about my own life. And um, so my husband is very... Uh, very clingy, um, very little kitty. Like he, every night he falls asleep on my lap and I, I scratch his head. I give him head scratches as he falls asleep on my lap. Like, like right now he's in bed right now and he's going to be so mad at me for not being there to give him head scratches. And um, whenever he's stressed, like he lays on me and I hold his head and I give, and I scratch his head and, and comb through his hair. And we have this thing where um, I'm very anxious and stuff. And whenever one of us is having a really bad day or a stressful day or whatever, the other one just kind of like turns on to like, and vice versa. Like when he's having a really bad day at work or he's stressed and I see him like vulnerable or whatever, like I step up to be a little bit more supportive of him. You kind of feed off of each other. And there are days where both of us are having shit days and both of us have to take turns every couple minutes, hours, whatever it takes when we see the other person cracking a little bit to then just bolster a little bit more and be like, okay, I got you for a little bit. And then like at some point it just gets too much and then you kind of switch for a little bit and then they take care of you for a little bit. And I feel like that's what reminded me here when Poppy was clinging to Tora, Poppy needed Tora, like, and then he turned around and he was like, I also need you. And like, then she automatically she wasn't panicked anymore she wasn't whatever she was just comforting she was support she was there for- she was present like yeah he needed it- her there and she was like okay whatever just happened like i'm here with you right now like and i am going to wait with you and i'm going to be here and she's stroking his head and she's comforting him and like it was just like it reminded me of what I feel like a good relationship should be not patting myself. I have a fabulous relationship. It's what I, it's no, what I, but it, it makes sense. I saw an interview. I think it was uh, Michelle Obama uh, that said, you know, that, you know, they, she was asked like, what's the recipe to a good relationship? And she's like, people thinking that a relationship is 50, 50 all the time. It's not, no. you know, there are, there are days that you're going to be at 60 and your partner is going to be at 40. There are days that you're going to be at, at a 10 and he's going to have to pull the weight for the other 90 and that's you know that's what makes a balanced relationship when you can understand when you are with a person where you permit yourself to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because you feel safe enough for them to see that side of you that probably you don't show any anyone else and this is just another confirmation for her of how good of a person he truly is you know, he's still coming, you know, he's still fighting with the fact that she's not leaving because of what he does. And she already told him, you know, what you do is not who you are. She understand where she, where he's coming from. Like he doesn't have a choice. He has to follow orders. He has to kill people. But even though he has to, he still has a moral code. And, you know, Quincy says it and repeats it. You know, he has a moral code, no women, no children, nobody that doesn't deserve it, no innocent. And even with people that he that do deserve it, he still, you know, when he did the assassination attempt on the nine daggers, he didn't kill them. Vincent told him to kill them and he didn't. He, you know, he scraped them, you know, that was a warning. Next time it's coming on the head, but he gave them a chance. He gave them an opportunity and it speaks of his moral code of his character and that is what she sees so to be able to be with a person who can sit with you in your darkness but still understand that you have the potential for light is 
is what makes a, a good base for a relationship. Mm. Beautiful. So now to break our very sentimental moment, we have, of course, Quincy's like, Pops, are you in the rhetoric? Oh my God, Quincy. And Toro's like, let's go. Quincy must be soiling his panties by now. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then literally, okay, so helicopter's just trying to shoot them. You know, they gotta run and Quincy opens the door and this princess is shaving his beard to his priorities. <laughs> he cannot uh, run from the enemy when he is not at least 80% on his best. Yeah. Like, maybe not, not this flaky bitch. No. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, I just can't. What? what? Is there any situation that will make him drop his like beauty routine? No. 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 Absolutely not. There's not even a question now. No. Like you can bet on his life that if he ever goes to jail, that mugshot would be the most fabulous that you will ever see. I'd love to see that actually. Yeah, Lily. Maybe, maybe an older Quincy, you know, with a little with a little beard action going on. Please, just a little a little mug shot, maybe. Oh goodness! And yeah, yeah. philanthropy of the of the year award picture. I'll take that. I'd rather a mugshot, but I'll, I'll go for for. Yeah. We can have Sugar Plum come into the rescue. You know, love it. <laughs> yeah, just put her in. So yeah, he's like, you guys won't believe who I just called for the first time in my life. <laughs> I think we I think we have a good idea. I could guess. Like, did you guys have parents that like taught you how to call 911 when you were little? Like, like, you, oh, yeah. Like, I had my mom called the police station and was like, I want my daughter to experience like this. Like, what can we do? And they said, like, they explained to her, like, yes, your daughter can call 911, but make sure, like, you, you know, like, give the, they called, like, I don't know, the heads up or whatever, so that, like, I could dial this in or whatever and speak to someone and, like, show them. And I'm like, my mom taught me how to do that. So, like, I never know if I needed to do anything. I call 911 and this is who you'd speak to. And I cannot see Vincent or even Goa being like, okay, Quincy, let's teach you how to call the cops. Like, no, they'd be like, snap your fingers and a sniper will come to your aid, little boy. Like, that's not, he's well, not like, like, never, ever call 911. Yeah, that's exactly, it's the opposite. It's okay, sweetie, let's teach you how to not call 911. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think Quincy has even, I, I can see him going like 911, like, Tora, what was the name for the emergency line? Like 411, was it? Yeah, I'm on one everywhere. I'm being, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm a little curious because, you know, Papa's like, no way, you were the one who called the cops? And she laughs and he was like, Tora says, I was the one who told him to call the cops. So I'm a little bit confused. Like, why would Tora tell him to call the cops? Like, don't they always handle things internally? Why now? I think. I think it's mostly to use the diversion of the cops to to safeguard the building so yeah, they can I was, leave. I was about to say, it's also not, um, they're in an apartment building. So he could be, he's not calling as uh, one specific civilian who's under threat. He is calling as a person living in this building who has a helicopter close to so it's not like they're gonna like come interview him it has nothing to do with him technically he's just calling and saying there's a helicopter with a machine gun outside this apartment he didn't say like it's coming for me you need to speak to me 
he's calling it in general. So, like, they're going to come to the building. They're not going to come to Quincy and Tora and such. So, and like, we also saw that the other neighbors called the cops, too. True. So now, so, so now we have two calls to the emergency line from the same building that something is going on. So you know that there's going to be cops dispatched over there. Well, so the neighbor said, I'm going to call the cops. And someone, and then the wife said, or whatever the lady said, you know, oh, someone already called them. And then we heard the sirens. It was like a sound effect. Wee -oo, wee -oo, wee -oo. So they got there really fast and they're already there. So first of all, they all have to scram really fast. So like, I assume they want to get out of there before the police arrives to their apartment. Yeah, yeah. And like, and then yeah, because he obviously has, you know, he's using his, his abundant time resources to ditch it. Yeah, and you see that Torah is like annoyed. He's like, Quinston, did you pack your bags? I told you. You know, so he's like, we got to get a move on. Like, he already has her bags, you know? Like, he already made her bag. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing shaving? Like, get a fucking move. Do you, it reminded me, do you remember our parents when we were younger? Yes. Like, in the rush of the morning. Yes. And then all of a sudden, your your my dad was like, Eileen, let's go. And then I, I come out of my room on. without my shoes on. And he's yeah. like, fuck where are your shoes like we are leaving yeah. <laughs> now get your fucking that. shoes on He's and you're like <laughs> yeah and it's like you're the laziest like you're so slow like and and your parents are just like move for yeah. the love of all that is holy move <laughs> <laughs> and and Quincy and Poppy are just laughing like they're having yeah a and I think it's also like tension release you know it's like you know, there's a little madness going on right now because everybody's just like, there's nervous energy and it's contagious. And I think Quincy also like is very big on nervous energy. So he's like, I, I feel bad for Tora because now I can see what Poppy was saying. Tora's got his fangs out. He's got his little cranky fangs being like, let's come on, where the fuck are your shoes? Like, you know, let's go. Cranky little tiger. <laughs> Dialogue is hilarious. And he's like, stop mocking King. I am stop. I was so nervous. I almost soiled my panties. <laughs> That's exactly what Tori said. Tori, you know he was going to do that. He's like, okay, Poppy and, Poppy and Quincy are 100% little sibling vibes. Like, she, yeah. like they are 100% siblings in this conversation. I'm, I'm calling it right now. That's her gay husband. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, he's the equivalent. Like, he he's going to be, like, her, I don't know, bi, pansexual husband. It doesn't matter. He's like he's the gay husband that wouldn't mind having a little bit of romp with her once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's, like, the, the gay husband that you completely trust. But then, you know, after you get a few drinks, you look at him and you go, like, would I? Well, I don't know about her. <laughs> I would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious where that goes, but... Yeah, I don't know if it'll be anything more than what we have now, or it'll just be like low level current, you know, attraction. But Mindy, Mindy, you are jumping into Patty's ship. Do you <laughs> think something will happen? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Let's do it. Get it out, girl. Get it out. Because no. this is a fight that I love to have with Patty. Come on, give it to me. Cora <laughs> is not a man who shares. <laughs> so no. I think that they'll I think Quincy is smarter than to do that to Torah. And I think Poppy would never do that to Torah. And I think that it's just caused, it'll cause drama that is not what the story is. There and are Quincy, other stories that do that, but I don't think this is one of them. Quincy is a sexual creature. Like he's not, he's obviously not monogamous. Like he has Cordelia, he has Pumpkin. Like he might have other people that he sleeps with. Like he's not in a relationship. He's a free agent. 
And he also, um, have you ever noticed that whenever he's stressed and has like a lot of shit going on, he deflects with it, like with sexuality. Like a lot of the times, like he's had a crazy, um, I'm trying to think of, he, I, I talked about this with Blue Caddy at one point, but like how um, when he gets with Cordelia, he's been having like a lot of stress going on and, and he, he had like the breakup, he had like a bunch of shit going on. So then he slept with Cordelia and then he had a bunch of other anxiety stuff um, dealing with Tora and like playing the birthday party and then he slept with Pumpkin. And then now he comes home from having that creepy, uh creepy horrible week and confrontation with his dad and he's like oh poppy's looking real nice right now like he's basically just like he needs to fuck his troubles away mm-hmm. and poppy is there and she's delicious and he's just like i could like i could go for this right now i could use a little steam blow off after this whatever and he's like but torah no i can't <laughs> like he would i think he would yeah I don't and think i think and i think in a way maybe in the future i think you know, because you can love someone and not actually be in love with them. And I do see sure. Quincy reaching totally a, lo- a love for Poppy that is genuine, like he will genuinely love her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a sister, as a friend, as an editor, as as someone that, because they're very similar. And also you, you know? can be sexually attracted to somebody and not even, and not desire to act on it. Like I have- yeah. like, no, there there's that harry met sally question of like can a man and a woman be friends like can if you have a sexual attraction to someone like you can still be friends with them like it, yeah. it might be more complicated if you don't have any self-control but like quincy has also <laughs> like yeah and i think and it's also very nice that he's able to like you know enjoy the parts of her that he knows torah finds attractive as well you know, it's like, oh, you know, stop bossing me around, you little shit. Like, he loves that. He loves, and you see it reflected in, in Cordelia, because Cordelia is a very strong, has a very strong presence, you know, like, you you know that she dominates him. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Quincy's got a bit of a praise king. Like, when, when Poppy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she praises him, he's like, oh. Poppy, he's like, oh. <laughs> like, he preens. He's like, oh, okay, I can... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, that blind optimism as well mm. that, you know, that they both share. So I do, I do think I'll, I'll agree with Patty. I'll give Patty this. Like, I do agree. They have a lot of things in common that yeah. they can find like mutual ground. And if her connection to Torah, maybe if it wasn't as so deep as it is, I would definitely believe that, you know, would this could turn into a three-way. Yeah. <laughs> is that Patty's theory that it'll be a three-way? No, 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 no. That's well, my, well, we we won't mind. Sure. I we think won't mind. Yeah. I don't think uh, she could be and Poppy together, right? She likes. Yeah, I, I Patty says that you know there's a possibility that you know she believes that they could have like maybe like a little romance, but obviously her and Tora are end game. But I I think she set the tone uh, when she arrived at the apartment and he was like, I bought, I, I made a, a bag for you. And she's like, even my undies? And he's like, and he's like bleeding through the nose. He's like, yeah, even your undies. And she goes, thanks, sis. So for me, that was tone setting. That was, you know. And on top of that, he like literally he's he's saying like, oh, you like you have new haircut or like you just like your hair. And she's like, yeah, I did it for Torah. Like she she is like, you know. No, she, I don't know if she's doing it consciously. No, she said. Yeah, what she, was her mean? She she braided so in um 
uh, when they when they first got back from uh, when Quincy got back from the meeting, and he says, "You, you can go home." She's in the kitchen, and she says, uh, "Do you like my hair? Like, do you like what I did with my hair or something?" And and he's like, "Yeah, it's nice." And she says, "I I braided it for Tora." Right. Um, so again, you're saying you're not sure if if Poppy is setting those boundaries intentionally. Or if Lily's just telling us. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't, I didn't read it as intentional. Maybe you're arguing the other way, but I read it just as like, he's literally being like interested in her. This, you see his perspective of like, she's cute. Look at that. Ad, look at that. What I like, look at, and, and he's like, nosebleed panties. And she's just like, Tora, Tora, Tora. Like, I don't think she's even like registering. I don't, I don't, exactly. I don't think she's aware that she's doing it, but yeah. she is. Yes. Correct. Correct. That's how I read it. Yep. <laughs> that reminds me we once had um we were at a friend's house and there was this guy who was interested in me and i guess it was flattering um he was like very clearly interested in me even though yoel was right there so i don't know if he had no social cues or just didn't care but i was like okay and i just sat in yoel's lap be like marking the delineation like no man i have taken <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, if there if there is something that men will have is the audacity. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. So so he's like, Ben Winston. And we have cat that he's like, oh, whoops, sorry, we only have done. Like, what is he stuffing in there? His like his cream, his face mask, his like a stone thing. Oh my god. It's like <laughs> I want to know what's in in his bag. <laughs> Can I just in the time it took Cora to scream for Quincy to call 911, for him to scale the roof, for him to shoot at a helicopter, for him to get down into Poppy's room, for them to have a pillow fight, nosebleed situation, and then a drop to the knees, heart to heart conversation. Quincy has shaved half his face. <laughs> that is, he has not packed a bag. He has not finished his skincare routine. All he's done is called the cops and shaved half his face. He is very very bad at time management <laughs> horrible like if this is a reflection of his driving skills like <laughs> extrapolated to everything in his life it's like okay. i i'm pretty sure that he goes places on time because of torah yeah oh yeah for sure I, i'm with him i'm terrible at time so and he's chronically late <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrible anyway <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah. oh and the, and then <laughs> the <laughs> final boom we see i can't even it's so crazy we have okay. this upside down masked person swinging down with long black hair <laughs> boom, boom. Uh oh okay this is a fight i'm gonna have with both of you because okay. i don't think it's hair i think it's hair and i have artistic proof to back me up. It's no. a string, like a rope, a belt or something. Yeah. Eileen thinks that they are... I think they're, they're ropes. Okay. But if we look at Tora's hair and how Lily draw, draws Tora's hair, and then look at the way that this is drawn, like little bit of swoop, 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 it looks like the way she draws Tora's hair. And it always, the black hair blends into black things and Tora's hair is drawn flat black. Like if he's wearing a black shirt, his hair vanishes into it. Like it is black on black. And so I think those brush strokes are Lily's hair brush strokes. That is my scientific proof. <laughs> okay. They're different rates. Like a belt would be consistent. This is like some thin ones and thick ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is, there is, 
there is texture in there in that in that flat blackness <laughs> in the whips of the hair strands <laughs> and okay I, uh, well okay so uh we'll say what was what was your first thought because i think mean, everyone's first thought okay a lot of the people's first thought was Tor's mom because we just saw her with her long black hair and suddenly we have this random long black hair person coming <laughs> so even though it's like wildly improbable and what the heck and we're from our first thought is Poppy's mom. <laughs> so no oh god no let's not go there let's let's Please. not let's keep that kind of warm safely tucked for the moment mom. <laughs> I, I remember the beginnings of <laughs> like every new character that was a puppy's mom yeah, that's so puppy's mom for me this is like a content it's it's literally like why you reprimand a dog when they do something bad right away and you don't let them sit there for a while because like then they forget about it. like that's it like we saw we saw Tara's mom we see someone with long rope like black hair and we're like oh Poppy's mom like Tora's mom like I see how like that's where my brain went to I have no I honestly have no idea who this who so this. going off on the on the theory that maybe this is an, a new character yeah, and, it's, and, and it's someone that we have seen in the comment, but we haven't like made the connection. Which other characters we've seen that has long hair besides his mom? So There's I think uh, she, Angela said Ching Ma, right? <laughs> Ching Ma, yeah. Who else? I don't know. I don't even remember. I mean, but do, do you see Ching Ma is rappelling down a helicopter? Yeah. I don't. He seems like a numbers guy, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's a numbers guy. Oh. He's not an action guy. That was my other question. Do you think this person came from the helicopter? Because we didn't see anything. But where else would they come from? It could mm. be another person with a mask. Like, this could be, like, you know, when people pull heist, they all have the same matching, what, like, ski mask thing. Like, that's a generic mask. It could be someone else. It could be a team. I didn't. Yeah, think it could be a team. They're like, okay, we couldn't do anything from the chopper, so get boots on the ground. Yeah, get boots on the ground. Or what if unconnected? They already had, they were they were already planted. Somehow they got there before the chopper or whatever. Not well. <laughs> remember, remember when we got a visual shot of her apartment complex, and you see that on the rooftop they had the rope had already fallen and if we look at if we go back and you see the panels from when the chopper is going away now you see that the chopper is kind of like high up so it could also have been that the chopper swerved and then kind of like made a turn got on the roof mm -hmm. released the little guy and then the little guy rappelled so i went off on one of those absolutely crazy bad shit zooms for when the chopper was going away and literally the amount of times i zoomed in on there's a splotch of ink it is probably just a splotch of ink but it's this little black dot on the side of the building and i was just like it's him repelling yeah like yeah Boop, the little guy I'm like no that's just that's just an ink stain from when she was drawing shit i'm sure but i'm you don't know maybe it is maybe it's right like I'm absolutely crazy I didn't look but it, and I was like I didn't understand what I was seeing here I was like wait is that a wrench falling from the helicopter that's what I thought it was first yeah was that, like, that's why I think that it's not hair because usually when you do rappelling you have like multiple ropes 
like you have you have the rope that you're on and then kind of like you have like two ropes that are fall to the side so that's why i thought it's coming from the head like a, a rappelling nobody would attach a rope to their neck so i don't know why it would be i mean of... now that you look at i mean obviously this person doesn't want to get recognized at all so obviously he's hanging upside down so even if he if this person has long hair then obviously it will go out of the hoodie even if it's like in a ponytail like it yeah even if it could have just like gone on to the side because he's basically upside down so, so I'll, I'll give you the i'll give you that one i'll give you, you guys, that one you guys got a sinister vibe from this panel it's funny, but it's, it's funny. I was like, I laugh. Like when I saw this, like I thought it was cute, and also like those masks kind of look like. Have you ever seen like the Super Mario franchise, like shy guys? Those like little derpy, like guys in like the red little hoods with the little ski masks, and like yeah, he's like whoop. Yeah, that's that's little. I swing. I for some reason I read it as swing, like kind of like a little like like I'm here, um, and and you have to like you know question yourself because this person has balls <laughs> or either, either you're very either you're very brave yeah. or you do have a mission mm -hmm. and and it's like nothing is going to deter you from this mission it's like okay the parameters have changed so we can do it with the chopper it's okay plan b yeah well now i have a question because do you think this person is here to say hi let's have a conversation or are they there too harm or they're there to sneak around and follow like what are they doing there and what's their next step gonna be well remember the conversation that she had with tora at her apartment you know if if there was a burglar coming into your home and you were the one here who would be the one on the ground shaking in fear and tora looks at her and said well not me <laughs> so whoever they are i don't think they're going to be confrontational i think they're going to be sneaky yeah, I feel like they want it. So I don't know who I was talking to. I was I was talking about this chapter um, episode with a bunch of friends in the chat. And someone said, like, they think that it could have been a um, uh, just not distraction, but like a scare tactic to get them out of the apartment so that then this person could then come in. Mm -hmm. And with Poppy, Tora, and Quincy gone, they could search. Um, That's a good one. That yeah. Good one. That would make sense. That would like, account for why they're not actually shooting. Even yeah, that's why, like, they come in big guns blaring, but they, they don't intend to use them, was, was, like, the theory. And that it was basically a scare tactic. And then get them into flea mode. And it could also be get them into flea mode so they can follow them somewhere. I don't know. But, like, it might not have been in, a, in an attempt to actually get there. It could have just been a, a scare. Um, And now this person is, like, going to follow or search or whatever. Because I, I don't remember who I was talking about this with, but it is when they take her away, you know, when she's not in Naren City, they lose track of her. So the the instances that they've got they have gotten to her has been when she's in the city. Yes. So you know, she was safe when she was in Felicia Bay. She was safe when she was in Moonbright. And she was also saved when they were looking for Louise. Mm -hmm. However, when they're stationary in the city, she's, she gets found, like her apartment building, now Quincy's apartment building. So now we have to see where are they going to move? Like, wh where's the next place? Where's the next safe house? Are we going back to Felicia Bay? Are we going to Moonbright? Yeah. Are we going, where are we going? Yeah. Because right now they're on the move. 
like he Torres not going to stay there the the building is compromised already and he has to be paranoid like i i'm 100% sure that that person will not be able to get close to them right now so if anything he'll hear information maybe they'll he'll hear where they're going uh, maybe it's why you guys are saying that he just wants to search because maybe you know they they know they're looking for something maybe it's not related to her at all it's just all very suspicious but i don't think they want Quincy's manuscript because they want to publish the next bestseller they really <laughs> want spoilers and they need to know the rough hand pirate what what they will do next (laughs) like that that pirate story i need to have the spoilies first that person is just like i need it now i need the first copy of it i'm gonna find that manuscript what do i have to do it's a chopper i will yeah who it is it's um andy from the devil wears prada getting her hands on the harry potter before it's published exactly what i was thinking of actually that's where my mind went to when we're talking i'm very glad (laughs) you said that yeah so what i don't know is so i know lily often goes back and updates um this panel so like i'm i am curious to see how the lighting will be for that last panel because like that's going to give a lot of a lot of context um, that's exactly it yeah the lighting of it will tell us if it's sinister if it's kind of cutesy if it's you know whatever yeah Um, and i have to say i'm loving the revisions oh so good they they are so good and they add so much layer to 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 a panel i mean the little change that he made on the last uh episode that you know just the him having his when he's thinking about it when he has like the flashback of his mom oh yeah and then she added like a little panel of him just like looking very defeated and then all of a sudden he 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 hears the helicopter that little panel of him looking defeated like that added so much emotion to to the to the scene where he's remembering his mom 100 percent that killed me and i know i know i i haven't uh heard the the podcast for that episode um i'm so excited to hear it yeah that one yeah i know Uh, i haven't heard the podcast for or listened to the podcast yet yet, okay yeah i know i know i know i'm just i'm waiting for it because this is that episode is so so good i can't wait to hear all the the team foiling about the final the connection with ab oh my god when i saw that dog i was like yes thank (laughs) you jesus i mean okay i i i don't I don't think Lily is going to go like into the nitty gritty of, of, you know, the myth of the Okuri, you know, that we had in Asura's Bride, but, you know, it's, she a doesn't have bit. to, yeah. a little bit, I mean, if she, if she wanted, Lily, if you <laughs> wanted, and you wanted to give me like two filler episodes, like just two, just two, yeah, totally I'll be so happy, but you know, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't need to, but I think it, it, what you know the little snippet that she gave us gave us so much information and so much uh meat that if she did want it to expand on that universe she could you know and it, it brought me to think about so many questions about how did the curse of their bro- of their bloodline trickle down how did it affect uh his mother being a woman um, a, a woman in modern times how does the curse translate to modern times you know because if you have people around you if you're sensitive let's say 
uh, if you're sensitive to the supernatural and you have people around you telling you that you're crazy, eventually you're going to believe it and you're not going to believe that maybe there's something, you know, you know, what she says to him, you know, remember our, our bloodline is cursed. And also how, how is that power translated, you know, trickled down to her son you know, and I, I was talking with of it, forgetting forgetting the actual curse itself. Yeah. A mother telling a, do- a daughter, a son, our bloodline is cursed, and you're cursed to either go mad or or lose the person you love, who's gonna die for you. That effect, like that's that's like basically saying like commitment issues on a plate. Here you go, son. Like <laughs> that's just yeah. like a lot, and like no wonder Tori doesn't want to drag Poppy in, like. Already his life is dangerous. And he's like, oh, by the way, we have a curse and you'll probably have to die for me. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and and we talked about, remember, Mindy, that we were talking about him being very superstitious, you know, and him being very aware that he's sensitive and almost like he, he says that he's an instinct. So I remember that we were talking about it, Ryan, that we were saying that is, is he, is his power, you know, coming from his bloodline or is his power coming from the fact that he was raised in a survival environment where you either evolve or you don't survive or maybe it's a little bit of both and I was toying with that idea that you know what we call instinct you know which is a very primal uh sense that we have you know when you get butterflies in your stomach when you feel like you're in danger that that like that type of feeling that he expresses when they're walking towards the coffee shop he's like you know he's like I've always had this sixth sense of you know that instinct that I'm more aware of my surroundings obviously you know he has been a person that has gone through a lot you know he basically was raised on survival and that changes your perception of the world around you and it changes how you also feel it's kind of like when you do you can't see then all your other senses just get completely heightened so it's, it's so interesting that she was able to finally give us like a little confirmation that they exist in the same universe mm-hmm. you know uh, but at the same time you you need to like she doesn't really need to get into the nitty-gritty of the myth because then it kind of loses its point, you know, yeah. and, and it's Logic good that we, have... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, she's, I, I did remember she mentioning that this story was like a mafia romance that had like little snippets of supernatural, yeah, uh, a, little a little bit. And I think this was such a good way that she put it into like, here you go, guys, this is an Easter egg. And and uh, sprinkling the magic a little bit and then uniting these two worlds that I'm sure mean the world to her you know she started with Asura's Bride and then you know she continued with Midnight Poppyland and I just think that she has so much potential if she wanted to in the future to expand on this universe she has so much meat you know We'll and, be here uh, reading all of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And she, she can really dig into it. But I think in the context of the story and of his heritage and how powerful he is, you know, this man has been awake for 48 hours, you know, and he's still Mad- sharp. <laughs> That's magic. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's still shooting up a fucking helicopter and he almost shot the guy. So he's still sharp. He's, you know, he's very superhuman. 
in a lot of ways that his little bros are not. Meanwhile, so, Quincy had an argument with daddy and now he's like, I need to for five days. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. <laughs> and, and it's also, you know, you know, how did that power that his family had that they think it's cursed, but how did that power trickle down onto him to offer him that heightened sense of, you know, that instinct that he can make use of it so deep yeah yeah we can go on down that rabbit hole that can be a whole nother yeah. podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tired of this third zoom meeting thing like oh yeah we just have like two panels left and then like, yeah but time. but i was so happy that she did and i thought it, that it was great and it just it really gave another layer of depth to the story so i really loved it so um we have a few minutes left so what is everyone's favorite panel and i feel like we're all going to choose the same panel okay i will not choose the obvious panel just i can i choose the obvious panel someone yeah 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 yeah, you can you can i'm not going to choose the obvious panel nothing yeah all right i (laughs) mean that's that's a that's a close (laughs) second for me but i'm going to choose the panel where she tells him what do you think i'm doing silly because just because of his face, like his vulnerability and and his kind of like shyness of of being vulnerable, but at the same time just holding on to her for dear life. And I'm gonna be completely uh, personal and selfish in my panel choice. I'm gonna choose the five oh five a.m. <laughs> because there are times that like I hear a, cre- a a spooky noise in my house, or like my dog gets up and she's pacing. And I'm like, what does she hear that I don't hear, or like whatever. And I like deliberate. I'm like, do I want to look at my phone? Do I want to see what time it is? If I look and see what time it is, then I'm gonna have to get up, or I'm gonna see a message on my phone, and then I'm not gonna want to fall back asleep. And what if it's five oh five and my alarm is set for five thirty, and then am I gonna go back to sleep for a few minutes? Or do I? I'm proud of Quincy for picking up that phone and looking at the time and saying like, what's going on? Because he could have just been like this is bullshit i'm going back to sleep and he didn't so by the end i'm with you if i ever wake up in the middle of the night i do not want to know what time it is because i don't i don't want to know that i have to wake up in 20 minutes so no <laughs> yeah i appreciate that panel for its context not for its beauty <laughs> yeah 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 but it's it's good i mean we already established that 5 a.m doesn't matter how you look at it is an ungodly hour it's an ungodly hour to go to sleep and it is an ungodly hour to, <laughs> to wake up. Yeah. This was good. Yes, this was great. Thank you so, so much to Emily and Allie. This was a fantastic episode and great analysis. And yeah, it's lovely. Amazing. So much. So much. And thank you, Mindy. Thank you for giving us again the space and for being such a wonderful host. And I hope, I hope we can do it again soon. Yes. <laughs> thank you so, so much. And have a great night. You too. Have fun, guys. Bye. Thank you to my current patrons, Lily, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tuggles, Ann Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Esther, I'm watching you people, Emily, Jean, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Christine, Sadie, Teresa, Mrs. Castaldo, Amapora, Ruby, Supia, and Katrina. Your support is truly appreciated.